0: Hi there, and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. This is the first episode of a two-part series in which I have a conversation with two separate entrepreneurs who have both disrupted their industries through the use of the technology. In the first episode, I speak with Bob Nixon, the co-founder of iCab. Since established in 2009, the Taxi Dispatch software platform has grown to over 160 employees with four offices across the globe. Bob was a co-founder of the company, and in this episode, we discuss some of the following how the company was founded and the story behind it, Bob's previous role and the learnings that he could bring to iCabby, some of the greatest challenges that the company faced and how iCabby plans to expand. Over the coming days, I'll also publish some brief learnings from the recording the podcast and tips for future podcast hosts. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. Bob, are you
1: there? I am indeed. Hi, Mark. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Bob. Yourself? Yeah, doing great. Thanks.
0: Perfect. Thanks very much for coming on the show, Bob. Um obviously iCabby was probably started around ten years ago. Do you mind just giving a a brief insight to the background behind iCabby and yourself, Bob, where you've come from?
1: Yeah, so um iCabby was um c- came out of an idea of a friend of mine, Gav Walsh, is back in two thousand and nine. Um he got lost on a beach in Portugal. Um he's out walking with his pregnant girlfriend and um, the iPhone was just had just been released in Ireland, and um, he looked at his phone and thought, "Wow, if there was an app on this that could get me a taxi, um, it would solve all my problems in relation to working out where I am and not having any local language." So he uh, came home to Ireland very excited, and um, he uh, engaged with a friend of ours, brother, a guy called Niall O'Callaghan. Uh, he's the 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 brains behind. The system that, that's been developed over the 10 years, uh, and they got stuck into building a system. Um, and then I came along a few months later as a, a friend of Gav's and and uh he uh persuaded me it was something I should get involved with, and I'm very glad that he did that.
0: <laughs> very, very good. And uh, just I suppose it's primarily based on a cloud-based platform, um iCabby you yourself did you have any background in technical did you have any technical expertise i, I,
1: or, I, I kind of did it was it was UTO. interesting actually the three of us who got together initially because niall obviously a cto and you know he he had a lot of technical experience but um both myself and Gav were involved in family businesses for quite a bit um but we we weren't you know i suppose technical so um i got involved in a family business called gina campbell guides and um I'd, i was was part of business development there and i was driving the whole technology platform that we had there so we put out a, a you know website we were the first to bring out apps in ireland in a, in our area and we we had a number of award-winning apps and we were getting great support from companies like samsung nokia uh, and so on where they were helping us to, to co-fund the development of apps we're out there just looking around seeing what was going on and uh, working with app developers from places like um, india and romania and places like that so back in 2007 2006 there was there was not a lot of people doing that sort of thing um but I never saw myself as technology uh minded i was more a business person Um, where technology was the medium that we were using to get where we needed to go.
0: Brilliant. Um, Actually, that kind of relates to one thing we're doing in college at the moment, I suppose, was the implementation of technology back around 2006, 2008, when it was... um, I suppose you call it untouched water at the time. Nobody had really tested the waters with it. How 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 did you find the implementation of um I suppose enterprise systems and test testing the waters with these? Well, uh, I guess one of the positives
1: about not being technology minded was that there there perhaps wasn't the fear or or didn't see any risks involved that you might have if you were if you were that way. And I think see that in a lot of lot of startup businesses as well where. People look at things in a new light and question, well, why is it done that way? Because it's the way it's always been done. And they think that's crazy. And um, I, I remember in our early days in business, we uh, very early on found a an online accounting package called Cashflow. And the reason I found it was because it's going, how in the name of God is everybody doing their accounts like this? There's got to be, you've got to be a way you can just log in somewhere and do it. And I didn't understand at the time that was the cloud. Um, But yeah, we had a similar attitude. We had a, uh, the family business was a a publishing company, um, publishing cookbooks with lots of well-known chefs in Ireland. And then also um, um, we had a a hospitality guide, so a guide to hotels, restaurants, that kind of thing. Um, And we, We were looking at the internet saying, what are we going to do about this? And I said, why don't we just put it all on there for free? um and that was what we did we we just decided we'll mm. completely disrupt everything that everybody does in our entire model and um, we didn't know where we were going with it and we dumped everything into this website it was a cutting edge website at the time and it became the most popular hospitality website in Ireland um and it was it was incredible um and look everybody does it now and and you know you you wouldn't think anything of it but for a book publisher to put their most valuable um commodity which is their their content online for free was well i I didn't know anyone else who'd done it um anywhere to be honest never mind in ireland but um i'm sure there was people in america and places like that doing it um but that that was a lesson for me um what happened, you know, sort of after that, I suppose, was was beyond our control. And, and you ask about uh, technology and business and so on, you get big guys that come along that tend to take control or have a huge influence. In our case, it was Google, um, you know, and uh, Google came in and they started taking control of the, the, the search results a lot more and changing their algorithms there and they also then got involved they went from being a search engine to to actually providing content so uh that was a shock for us you know so if you go onto a, a restaurant page on google now that's a google have their own page um you know with all the stuff on it and it's become just the way the, the way uh, the industry works so i think anywhere where you're seeing a market start to get disrupted big guys come in and and sort of uh take control
0: uh, did you, with regards to I suppose a, a little bit of resilience around this um, was there anything that you found that you could do to battle against Google or was it kind of just a, they were the big fish in the small pond with all of the money um, that they could invest into this and just I suppose dominate straight away
1: yeah well we actually we worked with Google early on and we, we, we actually helped them and we helped populate their databases and stuff like that so we saw them as a partner um, but I guess where perhaps I was a little naive um, was that, um, you know, they had a bigger picture in play. And Ireland is a tiny part of that. We were a small piece within that. Um, So perhaps Mm -hmm. in hindsight, you know, maybe we could have had a better monetization strategy in place for um our data and for our technology um so it's look no hard fees to google <laughs> they did their thing uh you know but um yeah unfortunately we didn't exactly come out winners at the end of it um so yeah it's 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 a learning process
0: um very good so i suppose i was going to move on to iCabby and the, the learnings of that but i suppose just before that and um, with that other business what were the main learnings that you could take into iCabby then when you went on as a co-founder with Gavin?
1: Um, well, that's an interesting question. I've ne- ne- never thought about that one before. Uh, do, do you know what the key learning uh, actually is? Is is you, you got to work hard. <laughs> that that yeah. uh, I, I don't think anybody can overestimate or overstate what needs to be done there. You know, we went in. We were working seven days a week as it required. You're working nights. Um, you know, and and I look back now and think, wow, it's it it was incredibly difficult, um, very rewarding, but that would be it. You've 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 got to be prepared to get stuck in.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. So then you came on, to, you came into Aikabi is around two thousand and nine, is that? Yeah.
1: Correct? So we we actually the company formed in May two thousand and ten. So it was about ten months after the initial idea. So Gavin and Niall had put together sort of a a prototype of a a device that could connect uh, there was a, an app for a passenger and there was an app for uh, a driver in a taxi um and we kind of progressed from there um and uh, yeah so we so we were initially like uber we were going to be uh, uh uh we 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 looked at the industry why do you even need taxi companies um we could just connect passengers to yeah. directly to drivers the days of taxi companies are finished um we're again very naive um but look, the guys in Uber, tried and they've had what some people would say is is quite a lot of success, but where we were limited was the uh, technology infrastructure in Ireland wasn't appropriate for for where we were, so we were ahead at the time um so uh, for example, smartphones I think fourteen percent of people had smartphones at the time um so what we had to do was go out and actually source mobile phones with uh in partnership with Carphone phone warehouse and actually supply them to drivers ourselves you know that's a huge cost and then oh, wow. half of them just walked away Um, so very to, yeah very difficult to control and so on um whereas now you just you produce an app and you tell drivers to download it and, and that's that's it you know um
0: I suppose so. That that was one of the well, was one of the biggest challenges over the first, um, I suppose, first year or two. The first ten months before you actually founded the company, what did that involve? Was that building up the platform, building up the technology, or was it primarily based around getting, I suppose, getting the right resources to the to the drivers who were the main, I suppose, the main component.
1: Yeah, well, I, I suppose there's, there's there's no point forming a company until the idea is ha, has legs. Um, you know that that that. You can see where they're gonna go somewhere perhaps um so yeah the first few months um gab and nile would have been planning out and, and nile hit development pretty hard um and then after that it was it was testing um so there was quite a bit of driving around hill and dublin trying to see what happened when connectivity went and stuff like that Uh and then um where i came in um probably december 2009 or, or thereabouts um, I was looking into how we could get support um, to drive business forward. So we're talking to uh, enterprise Centre centers, to Enterprise Ireland, to Dublin Business Innovation Center. And we're just trying to see what funding was available out there, what supports, uh, you know, that kind of thing
0: yeah definitely um I suppose it's been it's must have been an interesting journey over the last ten to twelve years um so so paint-, paint a picture of what it's what's been like what have you guys pivoted your strategy was there anything i suppose strategies that have changed what you originally you planned to do and how it has um, yeah pivoted yeah.
1: So we we as I said, we were originally like Uber. We were direct from uh, the taxi driver to the passenger. Um, that we found to be extremely challenging, and we realized quickly why taxi companies are out there. So tax companies manage the supply and demand. you know They make sure a taxi gets to somebody who orders it. What was happening to us, we had an app called iCabby. Somebody booked a taxi, uh, and you'd be looking on the map, and the taxi starts going in the opposite direction. And Gav used to be on the phone calling them and, and he'd say, Where where are you going? They go, Ah, oh, I just got a great job to the airport. Sorry, I can't do your iCabby trip. You know, that wouldn't happen with a taxi company. Yeah. So we kind of set the, the 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 ground, we did a lot of groundwork for my taxi in some respects because we got we we introduced the idea of a commission payment model to taxi drivers. So pay for every trip you get as opposed to paying us anything up front. We introduced the idea of getting trips in over a a, a mobile app um, and uh, also that they could get work that was outside of a taxi company um, but what we realized is we didn't have the balance of supply and demand so we'd go out we'd do a marketing campaign and you'd get loads of potential bookings or lots of interest and your drivers might not be on at that time and then you get all the drivers to log on there's not enough trips and they don't log on the, the next time so what we did, we had a small taxi company in Cork who said, "Look, we'd like to do your trips for you down in Cork. Um, you know, and could you build a little dispatch system for us as part of that?" And um, uh, so Niall did that for them, and uh, we saw that it was the place where iCabby was working best. And we realised it's because there's a company here managing the trips. Um, and then we had uh, Gav managed to persuade another company up in Dublin to take a dispatch system. And there there we pivoted. Um, very soon after, we engaged with a big taxi company and they said, look, you can't be everything to everyone. Um, if you're out there trying to win trips as a consumer-facing company, you're our competitor. And our competitor can't supply us with technology. So at that point, we had to make up our mind, is a taxi company going to be our customer? We do dispatch, or are we going to try and, and be a, a B2C business, which takes a huge amount of money
0: i suppose moving forward into the future uh, we see more of um incur- we see the government encouraging yeah. more and more people to take bikes and take public transport how do you think that will affect your business model or will it affect it or is there any supposed technology um, that you guys are changing to... Yeah,
1: well, interestingly, I'm actually um, researching a paper on this at the moment myself. We we see this as a huge opportunity for taxis. So um, the, the, the term out there is mobility as a service. Um, the vision is that um, okay. people won't own cars in the future. They might own bikes, but they might not have them everywhere, scooters and so on. So mobility as a service is a, is a process whereby you can book, a trip across multiple modes of transportation um, in one place with one payment. So I could go from Dublin city centre out to Dun uh and I might put it into the app and give me four different options. It might say the fastest options, take a taxi, that'll cost you 25 euro. Um, the cheapest option is get a bike to there, a bus to there, a scooter to there and then finish off with a train um and then a couple of uh, variations in between um and um what's huge now around the world is this sort of first and last mile of transportation, so let's just say, as part of that solution, I end up at Dunleary station um and I need to get from Dunleary station to my meeting, which might be a mile a mile and a half away um taxi is a very very good um Solution to get you on that final bit of your trip. Now, in some cities, in some uh, you know uh, situations, it'll be a scooter or a bike. Um, but um, if you think about big cities in in the US and so on, where you end up at a rural station, um, there isn't going to be any uh, bikes or scooters and so on in that sort of situation. And and taxi is the ideal one. So yeah, uh, 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 mobility and transportation as a whole is is changing so fast. Um and um yeah, we believe taxi can be a key part within that.
0: I suppose just when I was doing my own research on ICABI and this is just to change conversation a little bit of a di- different direction. Um I was keen to wonder I was keen to ask about what do you think your greatest achievement has been at ICABI so far. Um I, I have an, I have a good idea what it will be, but I just want to hear well, what you think. Uh,
1: you know I suppose there's so many different metrics you could use, but um when i meet people i haven't seen in a long time so we, we you know we've we've 150 or so people employed in several countries across the world that that blows their mind um you know we just went into australia this year we're in finland we're in the uk we're in ireland we're in canada the us that that really opens people's eyes and then when i talk about the acquisitions that we're doing um at the moment we're we're actually probably a global leader in what we do um, in terms of technology and with the acquisitions we're making, we'll, we'll have a huge spread around the world. Uh, and that's also a, a, a fantastic thing to have. But really, I think the biggest thing that we've done is we disrupted a market. So we came into a hardware-focused industry uh, where costs were extremely high. Uh, we came in with a cloud-based solution where drivers could use their own phones um, where we charge per driver per month, um, and and we brought new tools and 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 so on to to taxi companies. We've transformed the businesses that we've gone into. Uh, I, I think that's probably the the biggest thing that we've done.
0: Yeah, just, I suppose to give people a little bit of a background on that, in, for a company that was launched in uh, 20, or 2010, there's been 500 million bookings um, as of June 2018 on the platform, and in September 2018, 120 new jobs were announced. Um, you mentioned that they're going to be across a variety of countries. How how do you think that will impact on the, ch- I suppose, the challenge um the challenges that you guys face? And
1: well, I you know I, I read a lot, and um, you know that the whole cultural diversity thing is a, you know, being uh, pinpointed by many people statistically and anecdotally as being a, a huge requirement for success and for growth and to to push on and. Um, you know, we're extremely, an extremely diverse business. Um, we have a, a quite a big office in Montreal. There's about 30 people in there. I can't remember the exact numbers, but there's more than 10 nationalities in that office alone. Um, and then in, it's similar in our Dublin office in Sheffield as well. So, um, we need diversity, um, and, uh, it, it brings a different viewpoint and it brings new ideas. Uh, I think probably at the start a problem that we had is we were too male focused, um, and that definitely isn't the case anymore. Um, but it, it, is, I suppose that is uh, a challenge the technology industry has. But um, so to, to answer your question, I think the the more diverse we can get, the better. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be problems that come along with that that we aren't, um, we we haven't worked out just yet you know there's always surprises
0: What what's one characteristic that you think has made you successful um in, in your role as a co-founder of iCabby
1: um I, I would say it's one that's probably the same for uh, any person uh involved early on in any business and that's uh, uh the term is mm. grit you know the, the the ability to keep going um and and not to give up. Uh, and you know when when you're in startup business, there's times you you perhaps can't pay yourself or can't pay yourselves a full wage, and there might be times where people are questioning is it worth it. Um, and uh, I think that's something Gav was always very good at, just keeping it going, keeping it going, and that this grit and determination is 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 a key yeah, thing.
0: Absolutely, Um <clears throat> very very good. Uh, just. Finally, there are just a few quick fire questions that I'd like to get across. Yeah. So, and these are just randomly off the top of my head that I thought the listeners might be interested in. Yeah, yeah. So, is there any books that you've read? And um, you mentioned you like reading any books in particular, or any authors?
1: Yeah. Well, there's there's sort of a few different areas that I um, really lo- I love reading about business and people building their businesses. Um, and I just finished a book by Carly Fiorina about building HP. It's an amazing story. People like Richard Branson, Sam Walton and, and so on. Um <clears throat> I I I as the business grew, I went through a big phase of sort of uh reading about leadership management, uh the psychology of work for people, building teams and so on. And I suppose there's some big names there like Peter Drucker, Jim Collins. Um, yeah. there's a guy called Patrick Lencioni who's who's really really good. Um, someone you'll see on YouTube all the time called Simon Sinek, or Seth Godin, and uh guy Kawasaki. But for me, there, there was there was two or three huge authors. There's a guy called Clayton Christensen out there who is sort of the the father of of disruption. And he's done some amazing academic works as well, and and some very easy to read books about that. Uh, there's a lady called Carol Dweck who who specialises in uh, mindset and grit and how ha- how people get to where they want to go. Um, but uh, funny enough, one of the 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 biggest or most influential books for me is is a very very old book, and it's uh, it was recommended by a friend and it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, it's by a guy called Dale Carnegie, and <clears throat> I, I just couldn't believe I hadn't read that book before, and it's from, it must be 100 years old now, and everything in it is as relevant today as it is now, and pretty much, you know, be nice to people and, and he- helpful, and, you know, you, you'll you'll get what you should get back in return, and uh, I think that's a huge learning for everyone.
0: Just a quick, a quick note on that, that's actually crazy, because I'd read, I'd read quite a few books myself, and I was speaking to somebody last Saturday evening, and they said the exact same book to me was, oh, really? Um, how to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah. They couldn't get over how, how much of an impact they had on themselves and their personal development.
1: Yeah, I, I read it for a second time there a couple of months ago when I was, I was doing a bit lying, and uh, I think it's one of those. It actually says in the book you should keep it handy so you can refer to it again and again. I don't know if I'd go to that depth, but I would imagine I'd read it again a year or two as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um I better get working on that <laughs> one. Uh th- th- your your daily routine. So like I suppose your your lifestyle what do you wait, what time do you wake up at what time do you go to bed are you an early bird? Yeah, I'm I'm,
1: I'm an bed? early bird so um uh, I'd kind of get up between 5 and 6 and um I'd clear off emails, take the dog for a walk, go to the gym and then get get stuck into a day's work. Um and a lot of the work that i've done has been in relation to North America, so my day kind of stretches out or or typically would have stretched out into into the later evening
0: yeah absolutely um and then when you wake up in the morning, do you partake in any sort of meditation practice or mindfulness my, my,
1: well or, yeah, well no, I, I I'd be honest with you go out walk I go out walk with my dog um down by the coast or over a golf course um you know do forty five minutes fast paced there's nobody around it's it's dark at this time of year and to me that is actual probably the roots of mindfulness or meditation because you're just with yourself your own thoughts and you're clearing your head out so um so i i've tried some of the apps you know in terms of mindfulness on planes and stuff like that but um yeah for me it's if if you can clear your head and uh, then you can do it yourself you know
0: yeah, no, that that's something we've been trying um the last three weeks in college, and I, I I just don't think it works for me. But it's something I was just curious about. The final one, the final question I thought of today when I was studying, um, I was just wondering, do you listen to music when you're working, or do you is, do you like to li- listen to a certain type of music on repeat, or a certain song on repeat, or is
1: that just I, a I personally, I would typically like to have quietness, uh, and I I work from home quite a lot if I if I need to think, but um there are certain tasks that i would do that i'd i'd put music on look i just put on spotify and have a have a favorite sort of uh list of music that would go around you know um on random yeah
0: that that type of work would that be monotonous work or yeah
1: sort of monotonous uh, stuff i don't don't have it so much now but look as you're building a business you're you're you you wear many hats and you get involved in lots of different roles. And for example, if I was doing some, our invoicing used to be manual back in the day, and I'd I'd listen to music for that or um, any sort of bank reconciliations, yeah, legal yeah. stuff, and so on. Which um, yeah, it's it's different now, you know.
0: Yeah. Cool, absolutely. Uh, Bob, listen, that that really concludes everything for today. I just want to say thanks very much again for jumping on to this podcast. And uh, best of luck that I can have in the future. I'm sure we'll see loads of more articles about them on LinkedIn and in the paper. So, yeah. <laughs> best wishes to see anyway, Bob.
1: All right, listen, thanks very much, Mark. Appreciate it speaking with me.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, bye bye.